When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Slate's Working Podcast is brought to you by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions, fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash working. Getting into college was once a normal teenage rite of passage. Now it's a global hunger games. You're competing against the kid at the best school in Singapore. Slate and Panoply are here to help. Our new podcast, Getting In, follows a group of seniors through the college application process in real time. Along the way, the students and listeners will get advice from experts with decades of experience. Getting In, a podcast about demystifying college admissions and finding the right fit for every student. Available in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Working, Slate's podcast about what people do all day. I'm Arun Vanagopal, host of WNYC Radio's Micropolis series, which takes on issues of race and identity. On today's episode, we talk with someone who often functions as a sort of therapist, with the added benefit of getting to wield sharp, potentially deadly objects. Who are you and what do you do? My name is Eric Aleman. I am a barber. How'd you get into this business? I started when I was um, approximately like 15 years old, just um, hanging out in the hallways and, you know, we used to just bring, pull out the extension cord and just hanging out with the fellas, you know. There was no Facebooks, no, you know, we didn't, any, none, none of me or my friends had any like internet or computers, so that was our, that's where we gathered, that was our, our place to hang out, so, you know, idle hands and we just started practicing and, and we were broke kids, no money and everybody needed a haircut, so. <laughs> where was this? This is on 39th Street and 5th Avenue here in Sunset Park. So your whole career has been right here in Sunset Park, Brooklyn? Yes, my whole career, yes, yes. So tell me a little about this. I mean, 
you've been doing this since you're 15. How old are you now? I, I'm about to be 32, a month away from 32. And do you like your job? I love it. I, I don't feel like I work a day. It just feels like I'm still hanging out in the hallways. <laughs> do you consider it an art form? Definitely, definitely. I get lost in it. I feel like I can, you know, let it let out different feelings and, you know, express myself. Yeah, definitely. Make people feel better. How would you describe your clientele? Give me a sense of the people who walk in the store. It's very mixed, very, um, very mixed. We, I, it goes from one extreme to the other. I could get um, the young kid who just, um, he wants like a Caesar with a design on the side of his head. So an older gentleman in his 80s getting um, all Caesar haircut. Would you call it a, a Caesar? I have no idea what you're talking A Caesar. A Caesar is basically um, putting a, a certain guard, whether it be in the number one guard or number two guard, on the clipper and just the whole head, that same number. That's usually what we call a Caesar. And it's just, then you just shape up the outline of the head. And then a design is like, you know, etch out like a certain drawing on the side of the kid's head. When you started out, you were um, in your teens. What was trendy back then? Was it like looking like a certain celebrity or, um, you know, having some sort of design carved into your head? Yeah, growing up here in the early 90s, it was, um, it's not, it wasn't as, um, as mixed a, a, crowd, a neighborhood. It was um, just, it was, the majority was just um, Latin community. And it was just those, those, we get, we used to get haircuts just um, short with a fade. So it was very basic haircuts. And the designs at the time, they used to do, um, I remember they used to do the Jordan logo on the side of the head. The Nike check was popular. In the, I mean, um, the swoosh. Yeah, the swoosh, yes. And that's about it. And tribal, you know, just freehanded tribal designs was always popular, you know, like some graffiti form of design. I guess it's gentrified a lot, right? Yes, it has. Growing up, it was, majority was Puerto Rican and Dominican. And then when it hit like early 2000s, um, a lot of uh, it became more of a Mexican neighborhood, and then that trended into like what what we have now. I'll say like I'm, within the last five years, more so in the last two years, you see the gentrification hitting a lot more. So you've seen some changes in the neighborhood. How does that affect what you do? Does it? It helps me out in a sense because um, there's not too many barbers in this neighborhood that specialize with like scissors. They just they just use the clippers. You know, there's some salons and stuff like that. But um, as far as barbershops go, not too many of the barbershops in this neighborhood are versatile with like you know clipper work and scissor work. So the scissor part helped me, helps me out a lot with the, you know, the the gentrification coming in because you know a lot of the people moving in they. Usually get like you know short on the sides and they keep they like to style the hair so kind of like the fury haircut you know like <laughs> like long hair on top comb back and really short on the sides or like Skrillex right and that famous look he had a couple years ago I don't know if it's still <laughs> I have no idea but I'm guessing that was a popular influential look was it yeah yeah definitely were people coming in and saying like I want that Skrillex thing um they, they, yeah I had, actually I had some people point out certain movie haircuts that popped out there's a couple of movies or TV shows that. That really pushed forth a lot of these haircuts right now. Like, like which? Like, like the show Mad Men. A lot of guys come in wanting that look, you know, very cropped on the sides, but, you know, the length on top. Or I, I want um, the haircut that um, Shia LaBeouf had in Lawless. You know, I had that happen before. You know, that was when the undercut was coming in style more. What's the undercut? I'm- undercut is something like it's, it's um, a, a, a specific number or like a length on the sides. It remains the same length all the way to the ridge. Of the head, and then it's a disconnection, like from the ridge to the to bottom. So it gives it like a contrast of the long hair, and then extremely short on the sides. 
So what is like the trendiest thing you've had to deal with, like where people kept on coming and saying, I want that look? Um, the, the haircut that's consistently, as far as in the urban community, I would say is, um, you know, the skin fade, you know, with, with, with the number, you know, whichever number, number two or number one on top. That's, that's, that never goes out of style. As far as so who am I supposed to imagine? Like, who's a famous person with that look? Wearing that, Nas. You know, the hip-hop artist Nas always gets the skin fade with the number two on top, and he puts in the part, like a swoosh on the, on the top. That's, now, that's I saw always, Illmatic sitting around here yes, somewhere, up, right? up right here, above the, the mirror here. You've got a good vinyl connection, good collection here. Oh, yes, I, I love, love music. Love music. Do you have people come, uh, placing requests? Yeah, all the time. I have um, records, as far as records, yeah, like, you know, like the Beatles, um, salsa, like some old salsa stuff. I have some classic stuff there that I just play as background noise. You know, di- for different occasions, sometimes you just want, like, some background noise. Sometimes you just want, like, some music to get people's feet tapping or, you know, get people in the mood conversations. That's it. Do people come here... I mean, they're not just looking for somebody who knows how to cut their hair. There's something more in that, right? Definitely, definitely. I feel like um, it's the whole thing. Is the ambiance. Is um, they look for a platform. You know, I feel, I feel like every man, especially now, they want to interact with other men. You know, and it's um, I think I think that that stuff is coming back around. I think it got lost for for a while, like as far as like barbershops go. What do you mean? I feel like um, salons were trendy for a long time, or like you know these um. Salon style barbershops is just very, you know, very cold. I feel I don't know. I, I've worked in a couple, but I don't want to mention names. But um, it was just like you know, it was just cutting the hair, people in and out. There was no platform for people to to talk about issues and just open up and just mingle. You know. Yeah, yeah. So the salon sort of conveys a certain aesthetic. It's like all about style. Yes, yes, yes. And here, the barbershop, you call yourself a barber, right? Yes. You think that that word conveys a certain thing as well? Yeah, you you you. Once you call yourself a barber, you have to take this um, it's like an unspoken oath. You know what I mean? It's like an unspoken oath of um, you're part of the community. You have, so you have to be you have to be conscious of, of the guys and what what takes you know what takes place and the conversations. They not really like a, like you control the conversations, but you you act as a bridge, as a safe ground. You, like everybody looks at you as um the stitch between everybody else in there. You're the one thing, the one element that they all have in common. And it's almost like, you know, if, if they're here, there's some type of character in them. You know, they're there. Because, I'm, you know, I, I like to build relationships with my clients. And so if one of my clients is sitting there, he could almost, I could almost guarantee he's going to get along with the next guy next to him, you know? So that's interesting. Like, it's, um, it really is. I mean, I guess there's a certain classic sort of idea that, this is where the community gathers. It, it, and it, it's still the case even now, even despite all the changes in the neighborhood, the gentrification, but there's still sort of that, that, that continuity there. Yeah, I'd like to think so, yeah, definitely. I've see, I see it happen firsthand. I see, um, I'll see like um, some guys who just moved into the neighborhood, like, you know, they'll be shy for a while, but then um, they'll meet certain guys that grew up in this neighborhood that... I would assume that they wouldn't get into conversations, long conversations outside of the shop, or at least be introduced to one another to allow that to happen. And I see it get from that to just them hanging out outside of the shop. You know, they become, or saying hi, or stop for a talk. I've seen that. I've seen guys that, you know, guys with like scars in their face that don't, it, it, it wouldn't, it, they don't look like the approachable guys, you know? 
and getting along with some guys on a whole different um, walk of life. So when you say scars on the face, somebody who might have been through tough, yeah, definitely yeah. tough times. Tough times. Maybe they've done they served grew some out time of it. Yeah, guys who just grew out of you know the, the the after effect of old Sunset Park. You know, There's, you see it all over the place. It's um, it's now. You know, it's now. It's, it's nice. You could walk around, but it was a different world then. And, and you you have guys that um that progressed. That guys that woke up and guys who actually became successful and and guys who who are doing well for themselves before the gentrification. So it's so you get that, you know, you see so you have the hipsters who moved here, the professionals, but you also have people who've um maybe served time. Definitely, yeah, definitely. But here they come in here and they and they trust you, so they trust each other? They it's I don't I wouldn't say trust like to the point of like, you know, hey, here's my keys to the house, but you know, normally they wouldn't speak. But then this allows guys to just have, you know, find common ground. That's all it's about is common ground. Once you have common ground, that's it. This episode of Working is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical, and now you can add a similar experience to your own app. Check it out for yourself. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution and support for all payment types your customers might want. Start accepting PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo cards, and more, all with a single integration across all platforms. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions, fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com working. That's braintreepayments.com working. So there are certain things we've, we've heard our whole lives that you should never talk about with strangers. Religion is one of them. What are the things that, that you think are, like are things? Well, yeah, what's taboos? I don't, I'm not sure if anything is really taboo, but it's, um, that's, that's where being conscious, that's, that's where my job kicks in. Like I have to be conscious of who's in the room at all times. I'm not going to, you know, we're not, I'm not going to talk about certain thing if like, let's say there's kids here or like if they walk in, that's it. They have they have all say. Let's say we have a we have Godfather playing. Let's say we have Godfather playing, and the kids move in, or let's say a violent movie. And if kids come in, everyone knows I have to change that, and I'll put in something that you know caters to the kid. But you know that's what that's when that's when a barber has to be a barber. That's you, you got to be conscious of what could be said and when it could be said. But I don't think anything should be taboo if the if the setting is is asking for it. What happens when, like, what about, I mean, so religion and politics, right? The classic taboos. But here you're saying that it's not necessarily an Not necessarily. Not always. But there's times, that, yeah, that you, you can't really, you know. I've had, I have a couple of days. Every day is a, is a movie here. But um, I had this one time that stands out right now. And so when was this? This was um, a few, few weeks back. It was about three Spanish guys sitting here. About, like, three black guys. And, like, about well, four, four white guys. You know, guys talking about, you know, sex. There was no kids here, so they started to start talking about sex, different things like that. And um, Like what? Picking up girls and, you know, stuff like that. Just normal guy talk. And the thing, the thing was, one of the guys that was sitting, he was, he was a homosexual guy, right? And he was a black guy. The, the rest of the guys in the barbershop didn't know that he was gay. I did, you know. I built a relationship with him. He's a cool dude. And they, these guys are all talking about, like, picking up girls and stuff like that. Everybody sharing stories. It hits his turn, and um, he oh, he starts talking about his encounter with a with a guy going up to him and offering him money, right? For sex. For sex. So now everybody in the shop, you know, they didn't expect it. And I remember before he did it, I remember seeing like that's that's that 
that moment when he thought about even sharing the story, you know? And that, to me, that, that's the part that sticks out the most, is that I remember, I remember seeing that face. I could be wrong, but I remember seeing his face. Like, he was, like, he, like, not hesitant, but he thought about it. But then he did it, and everybody's reaction, it shocked me. Like, you know, it shocked me because um, I thought at, at least one of the guys would be like, you know, but everybody was just, you know, cracking up. Everybody, because they know that this is, you know, they, they know what the platform is, and everybody was just cracking up. And one of the guys who he looked like he he was gonna say like a, he looked like the type of guy he would say a certain comment, like a funny comment. He basically said, "I hope you took that money." <laughs> like, so it made you know it shed light to the whole situation. You know, I'm sure if 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 the, the the guy in the chair was even thinking anything, I'm sure at that moment he felt like relieved. You know, did you um? Did you have any anxiety about how it was going to go down as he's saying this? No, no, not at all, not at all. I just, um, I try to tell everybody, you know, as 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 I build a relationship with them, you know, they could say anything in the shop, you know, pretty much. And and the setting was, I, I saw that the setting was was, you know, it was it, it was okay. We had people were asking, everybody was getting along already, talking, and some of the guys already had bumped into each other, you know, previous times in the shop. And then it it went from other things there as well. Then it started becoming a a, a race thing. Like I remember um, the black guys that were in the shop. They were asking the the the, the white people in the shop or, or or everyone else in the shop. They were asking them about um, suntans. They didn't they, they didn't know, they actually told them they they were asking does it actually burn when you get red like you know and it was hilarious. And then everybody was just asking each other questions like I guess questions that are dwelling in in, in there that were dwelling in their heads like um things that. That if, if you see him on TV, it would be probably offensive, but but you know in, in you know in, in barber, I'm sure it's not just in this shop, but I'm sure in plenty of shops, it's just it's just you know it's just natural. It's just natural. It's just natural. You know. I mean, that's the thing. Is like um, like you're saying on TV or in certain situations, it wouldn't be politically correct. Yes, and I, yeah, yeah, and I think I think because of that, you gotta understand something like. Right, it's like everyone now. We're all forced to before we say anything, right? We we pass whatever thought we have in our head like through a hundred filters before we if we even say it. And I feel like um, it's unnatural, and I feel like that itself is what makes the situation even worse. For you, the fact that guys can come and sit in here, um, don't worry about political correctness or anything like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you think it's especially? Um, I mean, you're dealing with guys. Do you think that they are, um, that for them it's especially kind of like difficult for them to find places like that where they can just be themselves? Definitely. Especially nowadays, yes. Especially in the city, yes. I feel, I feel so. I feel. Why especially nowadays? Because of, you know, because of the media. Um, they, they just focus on, on everything that offends people. So if you're constantly seeing that, you know, day in and day out, day in and day out, Something that might have not offended you before, they'll probably put something in your head. Hey, you should find this offensive, you know, and 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 that's why, especially now, you know, it's it's hypersensitive. I feel, um, I feel when men get together, man, we could fi- we, we you know we, we're simple, you know, we we could figure out without all that headache. I feel like we just leave us be as we are, and you'd be surprised. We, we people have a lot of good in them, you know, and and if if you just allow men to be men amongst each other. Without worrying about that, about worrying about offending the next man, I feel like amazing things happen. Do people confide in you? In what sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tell me, like, are you, to, to some people, sort of like the, the therapist? Oh, the, that, yeah. In that sense, yeah, definitely. I, 
I, I take I take things to the grave. You know, somebody tells me something in confidence, it stays there. I feel like I would I would betray my craft if I don't. I betray the, my customer if I don't. So it's um, they definitely confine me. I have guys open up to me. I have I have guys tell me everything, and it stays there. And I, you know, sometimes that's all they need is just a, as an ear. I, I'm not a professional. You know, I, I I'm just me. I know how to. I, I, I'm a great listener and um. And I'm, I just try to be honest. If you ask me for an opinion, I'll, I'll give it. Just be prepared to hear it. That's it. You know. What are the kinds of things that you think people need to talk about, need to unload on their barber? Hmm. I hear everything. I hear stuff from like um, a 16-year-old kid who's um, been having a crush on this girl in his school and asking me opinions how to, you know, approach it. I get stuff like that. I get, um, I'll get, um... An old, the old gentleman who just, um, who just wants to be heard, who wants to share his stories of, you know, his prime, and they just open up. They, they just, and and I, I, I really love moments like that. Like when I get people who in other settings would be so uncomfortable, and just you know would be able to confine me to open up and share things with me that, you know, that they won't normally share with anybody. And that those moments are like is what makes my job amazing. I love it. What do you think it is? I mean, it's sort of an intimate relationship of sorts. You I mean you're actually touching their their hair, their scalp? I mean, what exactly happens here that makes people, you know, open up to you? I, I, I'm not sure. It's uh, it, it goes way back. You know, I'm, you know, you, this profession goes back to the Egyptian days. You know, it's so it's. I feel like it's just something embedded in us. You know, you you, you figure you have somebody you tr- you're trusting somebody with a sharp object, especially like let's say a straight razor in, in this person's neck, and they just not 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 a bit of tension. You know, just more relaxed than anything. There's very few few professions that 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 they're allowed to actually have their hands on somebody. You know, with sharp objects. Anything outside barbers, you know, you get like let's say you have the barbers, you have the tattoo artists. And then from there, it's, it's like high professionals, you know, like like doctors or, or dentists, you know. These, and um, I guess like barbers and tattoo artists were very similar in that sense, you know, like, you know, you built that relationship. The thing with barbers is like, you know, you get guys coming in here on a weekly basis. So, you know, it's, you're bound to build a relationship and, um, and a sense of trust. Not just them for me, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of clients that I trust in as well. They, they become my therapists too as well. That's interesting. I never thought about that. I mean, there's only so many people that you will have that level of trust in to mm-hmm. touch them, but also you could conceivably hurt them if you oh, were to yeah. kind of... Definitely, like, you know, God forbid, but yeah. Has it ever happened? Have you ever accidentally hurt, hurt anybody? Thank God, no. No. I've, I, when I first started cutting hair, I've hurt somebody's haircut really badly, but as far as physical damage, no, no, I haven't. Do you think you have a different attitude or philosophy about what you do than you did earlier in your career? I definitely don't. I always had a love for for, for the craft, but now I my attitude towards is towards my craft is not just the craft. I feel like it's a lot more. It's a lot more. It's um you know, I have a, I have my own shop a few blocks from where I grew up and from where I was cutting hair in the hallway. So it's it's not just like where I went with you know as far as like you know financially or as far as like stability goes, but it's it's just a reminder of you know mentally and like just the way the neighborhood was as well and like where I was mentally is definitely definitely changed a lot. 
you know, I'm thinking about it now, and it's it's, it's a huge blessing. It's it's just it's, it's insane. You know, I'm here doing something I loved when I was a kid, when I was 15, and and now I'm here, I'm feeding my kids with this. You know, and um, I get to help out, meet amazing people. So yeah, it's it's more than just a craft. I got I got to meet a lot of amazing people um, through this. So I'm very blessed. Yeah. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you you think you you still want to say? Yeah, I got I'm married. I have um I have um two kids, two beautiful kids. Um, my son Aiden, he's nine, and my daughter Lillian will be six in two days. Would you like either them to carry on the family business? Yeah, I would love that. But you know, I, I I would love them to do greater things. But um, I definitely try teaching them the trade. I have a picture of like you know teaching my kids how to shave. I have this picture of my daughter with a straight razor to my face when she was like three years old. It's, it's super important, you know, they, they pick up the trade, even if it's a little bit. You never know. Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast. You can email us at working at slate.com and dig through our first three seasons at slate.com slash working. This episode was produced by Jason DeLeon. Our senior producer is Mike Volo and our executive producer is Andy Bowers. I'm Arun Vanagopal. See you next time on Working. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.